win for them. But you know what's a win for me? Your birthday! The fact that it's my birthday. <laughs> with friends and family. That's why I created Whoopi Prosecco. You can have a great time anywhere you are with friends, family, the holidays are coming out. It's a white sparkling mine. Wine made with organic grapes. It's harvested in the Veneto region of Italy. But you know what you all? You get the vibe and take off. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's December 20th, 2022, and we just bludgeoned you over the head. In the middle of that clip, as we played it for you, Phoenix apologized to me, and now I apologize to you as the audience, that we started you cold open with The View, drag queens, masks, masks, the most jarring part of that. Drag queens are everywhere right now. Literally, you hire a, a plumber, someone shows up to your house. If, if it's not a dude dressed as a chick, you're going, what's going on here? Everybody's a drag queen now. But the masks that those bananas wackadoodle people in the audience of The View who have nothing better to do than waste three hours in the middle of the day to go to that taping, put on masks to be there to then watch a bunch of men dressed as clownish women celebrate Whoopi Goldberg and her Prosecco. Lord, give me the strength. We have a tremendous show for you guys today. Uh, I would apologize. I'd like to apologize up top. We did not have a live stream yesterday. I was uh, up in Orlando. It's about a four hour drive from here in Miami. We drove up to Orlando. I did an event with Governor DeSantis. It was the Freedom Blueprint event uh, that he put together which in essence was uh, a giant group of uh, par parents who are running for different school boards, superintendent, different positions, uh, who wanna take back the schools. Now we're doing a pretty nice job of it here in Florida and the schools are relatively sane. And as you guys know, DeSantis has gotten a lot of the woke stuff out of the schools, but they are not stopping. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this guy. He keeps pushing. They wanna make sure that every school is safe, that every kid is safe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so uh, there were a few speakers, some people running for different positions. Uh, the governor spoke uh, and then I spoke. So here's just a small clip of the governor, then we'll throw to a clip of me, and then we will get to the show. You know, school systems uh, are important, but they do not supersede the rights of parents to raise their own children. You know, I did this debate in the governor's race, and we did it in this auditorium. Yeah, there was like 100 some people, 200 people. And basically, my opponent wheeled in people from Broward Teachers Union, okay? They all had the same shirt on, whatever. And so what was said was, okay, you guys are here, but it's not about the crowd. Don't interrupt, don't hoot and holler, don't do any of that or whatever. 
So what do they do? They scream the whole time. Anytime I would talk, they try to drown, drown me out and all this stuff and whatever. I mean, I can handle it. I just did, did whatever. But I'm just thinking to myself, these are people that are in our school system and that's the way they're conducting themselves. So the governor spoke for about 45 minutes. I think we're gonna post some other clips of it. At that moment in particular, I wanted to show to, show to you guys because I referenced it a couple weeks ago. As you may remember, I was at the uh, debate between the governor and Charlie Crist, the name that I promise you I'll never say on this show again. It's just, uh, the guy's completely irrelevant. But he makes an interesting point there because I had told you guys after the debate what was so interesting because on, when you watch things on television, you don't get the full picture of what's happening actually in the room itself. And, and there were split, it was about 200 people total, about 100 uh, Chris supporters, about 100 DeSantis supporters. And all the DeSantis supporters were individual people and everybody was kind of dressed nice, like they were out for an evening and they seemed professional and as if they had jobs. And then as DeSantis said, they bust in these Broward teachers people. They were all wearing the exact same shirt. Uh, there's, there is reason to believe that they might've even been paid to be there. But the point is that he really made uh, was that they did not follow any of the rules, meaning that they were screaming and hollering. A few of them had to be kicked out. They were booing and jeering. And the DeSantis side simply did not do that. And I think that gets to a, a sort of bigger point about society right now, which is that some people have some rules, right? Those rules may not always be totally right. And, and the people may not totally always abide by them. But, but if you're watching this, I mean, some of the things we talk about, like we believe in the rule of law, right? Like we believe in the constitution, the bill of rights. We believe in God-given rights, things of that nature, right? Doesn't mean you're always uh, perfectly applying them, but we have some set of rules. And then when you go to events and they tell you what the rules are, you try to abide by those rules. There's a, we have like a social contract that says, hey, this is how we're gonna behave. In, in public spaces. The other side doesn't do that. I think that's one of the things that we're really gonna have to negotiate going forward. Like, what do you do as you try to build something and one side is just there to burn it down? What do you do about that? In any event, here's a couple highlights from, uh, from my talk and then we will get to the meat of the show. And if you noticed, although he had a couple notes on the podium here, he basically was looking at you guys the entire time, 45 minutes looking straight at you, which is in stark contrast uh, to the president of the United States who needs a teleprompter to tell you what his wife's name is. So the media, the mainstream media, or the corporate press, whatever phrase you wanna use, the fake news, whatever it might be, they're not your friends. They are not your friends and they will never be your friends, right? They will never give the governor a fair shake, they will never give Florida a fair shake because freedom, the idea that the individual, which is the root of Western civilization that you and your children and your spouses, that there is something unique about you and valuable about you, that is the hardest thing for them to control. You're here because they finally pushed too far, right? They just pushed too far. Look what happened in Virginia, which caused Glenn Youngkin to win. Look what, yeah, look what happened right here in Florida. I mean, 20 points, 20 points. As Florida becomes the, the pinnacle of freedom in the United States. I mean, do you guys really realize that? I can truly tell you that as a, as a new Floridian, that we live in the freest place in the world. Do you understand that? We really do, guys. The United States has all sorts of problems right now, but we are the freest country in the world, and we live in, without question, the freest state in the world. So when you guys get involved, when you guys get involved, you are defending that freedom.
All right, so we're going to put the full thing up uh, totally unedited. And it was just a fun event because the, the message that I was trying to get across there of like people getting involved. DeSantis can do a certain amount. Trump can do a certain amount. Politicians, generally speaking, can do a certain amount. But you getting involved in your local community and your school board, whatever it might be, that actually is how we fix this thing because the machine is not going to stop. And that really is the theme of today's show. We're going to continue with a lot of what's going on with, uh, with Elon Musk. Actually, my phone is melting right now because he retweeted me twice this morning. And then, you know, blah, the internet is all happening on my phone at this very moment. Uh, but the machine is really crashing down on Elon, whether it's politicians or corporate media, they are trying to demonize the guy, they're trying to scare the hell out of him, that they're gonna look into his personal finances and the finances of his business and everything else. And, and it's so consistent with this idea that the Democrats, the, the deep state, the machine, whatever you wanna call it, its priorities seemingly are only to destroy America and freedom rather than doing anything that would be thought of as uh, pro-American or pro-freedom or pro-you or me or anyone else. So uh, that's what we're gonna be focusing on today. Uh, let's start with a tweet from Adam Schiff. Now you guys know Adam Shifty Schiff, uh, congressman from California, who was basically, if you were to look at all of the politicians over the last couple of years, probably the single biggest liar, and there's an awful lot of them who lie about almost everything, but he might, if you were given an award, you might go, Adam Schiff, you're getting the gold uh, star on this one in terms of lying. Uh, he pushed Russiagate more than anybody else, January 6th, all, all of the nonsense. Uh, anyway, he put up this tweet a day or two ago. Uh, he said, Elon Musk calls himself a free speech absolutist to justify turning a blind eye to hatred and bigotry on Twitter. But when journalists report unfavorable news, they are banned without warning. The devotion to free speech is apparently not that absolute, but the hypocrisy is. Uh, Elon quickly responded, thankfully you lose your chairmanship very soon. Your brain is too small. Now, what's interesting about this is Elon has not come for anyone's free speech. What Elon has been trying to do on Twitter is get Twitter to actually apply its standards and its policies in an honest and even way. So what Schiff is referring to, he's coming after journalists, is that a bunch of journalists actually doxed Elon. They found out where his plane was going, one of his children were on the plane. That is an obvious violation of the policies, right? And, and we all know that it should be. You should not be allowed to share someone's information. Just think about it this way. If you saw Adam Schiff at an airport and you saw him going onto a plane and you were like, oh, well, he's in Chicago right now and I know he's gonna land at the San Francisco airport. Adam Schiff's getting on American Airlines flight 246, taking off at 1 p.m., landing at whatever. The threat, there is an obvious threat there, right? Some people don't like Adam Schiff. I don't like Adam Schiff, I'm not trying to hurt the guy, but there are bad people out there. So this thing goes both ways. You cannot dox people. Uh, that's exactly what a bunch of journalists did and Elon booted them for it. He has subsequently brought some of them back and he's trying to clean up the policies in real time. As far as the hate, right, the hate, and I'm gonna show you a video of Schiff on uh, Tapper in just a second. There was a ton of hate before Elon. These people seemed not to care about it because the hate was all going towards us. Now the hate maybe is going the other way. I, I don't even have any evidence of that, that there's suddenly more hate being directed at lefties. I just don't see it. I, as I keep telling you, I'm seeing more and more love there because people are actually seeing my tweets again. So there's a response, a natural response to what I tweet about. In any event, they're very concerned about hate and hate speech and all of these mean things that people say. Of course, uh, in America, 
according to the founding documents, you are allowed to say mean things about people. We have some very uh, slim parameters around that. You can't directly threaten somebody. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater with the intent to do harm. Uh, but beyond that, you know, you're pretty much good. So this has nothing to do with anything that Adam Schiff should care about. Uh, but I think there might be something else going on there. Here's Schiff and Jake Tapper, Democrat activist Jake, Jake Tapper, talking about hate and censorship. I think we've got a big problem right now with social media companies and their failure to moderate content and the explosion of hate on Twitter, um, the banning of journalists on Twitter. Um, I don't think these companies should enjoy an immunity from liability when they behave this way. Uh, you know, we can't tell them what to say or not say, but we, we gave them immunity. We said, if you'll be responsible moderators of content, uh, we will give you immunity. They haven't been. So why should they continue to enjoy that immunity from, from responsibility and liability? You got to give Donald, uh, Donald Trump a little credit here, right? When he called him shifty shift, I mean, there is something so shifty about that guy. And this idea that he's suddenly concerned that people are getting suspended. Could you do a little Googling for me on while we're doing the program today? Uh, did Adam Schiff say anything when Jordan Peterson was suspended from the Twitter? Uh, did Adam Schiff say anything when Dave Rubin was suspended from the Twitter? Did uh, Adam Schiff say anything when James Lindsay was suspended from the Twitter, when Dr. Robert Malone was suspended from the Twitter, uh, when Dr. Jay Bhattacharya was suspended from the Twitter, when Dr. McCullough was suspended from the Twitter? Uh, thank you, uh, Phoenix has put on the prompter, no. I appreciate that, Phoenix. Uh, yeah, they did not care when people who were on the other side of things were getting suspended. Now Elon comes in, he tries to clean it up in a transparent way. One of the things that's interesting that's happening right now is we are so used uh, used to the, to the lack of transparency. We're, we're so in the fog all the time and unable to communicate with these tech companies, right? So all of us are on Gmail, let's say, right? Almost everyone's on Gmail. If you got locked out of your Gmail account, do you know the phone number for Google? Nobody does. Do you know how to get anyone from Google into a live chat or anything else? Nobody does. The lack of transparency is so ubiquitous. It's so like, we don't even think about it anymore. It's just baked in at this point that now when, when someone comes in and says, hey, I'm gonna try to deal with these policies. Honestly, I'm gonna take polls on things, see what people think. I'm, I'm gonna change policies on the fly if I get some pushback. People are absolutely freaking out about it. But what this really all is about, obviously, is that there is a certain set of people who have lied about everything for a long time. Donald Trump is a Russian spy, vaccine mandates, lockdowns work, masks work. They have gotten absolutely everything wrong and they were protected by the corporate press and by big tech. Now that some of that is coming out and people are waking up to the lies, they're freaking out. That's why they're threatening Elon. They can't have the truth get out there because if you're one of the people who in this case, uh, now that we know that the FBI was literally working with Twitter to silence people and paying people, we'll do more on this story tomorrow. The FBI was actually paying Twitter to silence people. Yes, it is true. There's evidence of it now through these leaked emails. Uh, if you were one of the bad guys in that situation, you don't want that shit getting out there, right? You don't want that to be exposed. So you have to censor people. But we, as I always say, have to not forget who the liars are. And with that in mind, here's a video compilation of Adam Schiff lying. The center of many of these investigations is going to be the House Intelligence Committee. And at the head of that committee is its chairman, Adam Schiff. But we do know this, the Russians offered help, the campaign accepted help, the Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. 
and that is pretty damning. The U.S. response to the Russian hacking of our election has been influenced by something. Whether it's simply Donald Trump um, reacting to the question that's been raised about his legitimacy because of the, the taint over the election. Uh, but when people uh, say there's no collusion, they must have a different word for the kind of corrupt coordination of effort between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Uh, we know that the president has made uh, probably over a thousand false statements uh, about the Russia issues. Clear that the Trump campaign welcomed Russian help, built it into their campaign plan, never reported it, uh, made full use of it, and then lied about it. That there's a real risk in not moving forward with an impeachment. So the president once again sought foreign interference in an election. Bob Mueller did not find that there was no collusion. In fact, in the first couple of pages of the report, he said we don't address that issue. What we found is we could not prove criminal conspiracy beyond a reasonable doubt. Every single thing that that man has said for the last five years in the public sphere has been a lie. He has cost America millions and millions of dollars and, and thousands and thousands of hours of wasted manpower through two impeachments and the January 6th hearing and everything else. Russia collusion was all nonsense. If you wanna look for Russian collusion, you'd have far more evidence that Hillary was up to something, and by the way, Barack Obama, than Donald Trump. But they lie about everything, and now that it's coming out, he must threaten Elon Musk. That's why he's posting that tweet earlier. He wants Elon to start sweating. He wants Elon to go, you know, just have it in the back of his head all the time. Boy, I, I really am pissing off powerful people and they've got the CIA and the FBI and they could look into my companies and they could audit us and God knows what else they could do to us. Uh, maybe I should ease up. But Elon Musk has shown no signs of easing up and this game is afoot and we shall see what happens. Uh, but as, we shall see what happens. But as all this is happening, uh, CNN, the uh, one-time news network uh, known as CNN, uh, they're starting to freak out because uh, people are finding out the truth. So CNN is uh, talking about possibly leaving Twitter. I think this raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter looks like. You know, are news organizations going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? Uh, CNN is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with Twitter based on the response it gets. I want to read you the full statement, Allison. Please. It says... Um, the impulsive and unjustified suspension of a number of reporters, including CNN's Donnie O'Sullivan, is concerning but not surprising. And it goes on to say Twitter's increasing instability and volatil volatility should, have, should be of incredible concern for everyone who uses Twitter. And then it goes on to say we have asked Twitter for an explanation and we will reevaluate our relationship based on that response. And I think it's so important to point out that Twitter really needs or really relies on news i mean that's what's what the kind of the lifeblood of and twitter journalists. Current events. I mean, they're all no lady twitter does not rely on journalists you guys have been the prime purveyors of all the lies and what you're upset about now is that other people have blue checks and everyone's got one of these and that means that they can be journalists because they can expose you guys when you selectively edit the news, you guys have lied. CNN has lied about everything. I do this all the time, we can go through it. Very fine people on both sides. Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist. Jesse Smollett got hung with the, after eating at Subway. All of the lies, right? So they've lied, COVID, all the COVID stuff. It's all, you guys get all of it. CNN has done all of that. So if CNN was to leave Twitter, 
I think that would be an incredible win and an incredible blow against misinformation, right? If CNN and that clown, Oliver Darcy, and the rest of those panelists, if they got off Twitter, and again, they're referencing, what they're referencing is Elon banning temporarily a journalist for having doxxed him. That's what they're referencing. He didn't ban somebody because they said, Elon Musk is a mean dude, okay? These are the very same people who, of course, I don't need Phoenix to Google it for me this time, did not say a word when Dr. Robert Malone and Jordan Peterson and James Lindsay and everybody else was suspended. So the shoe is on the other foot and these people are suddenly realizing what principles are. But dare I say, it's a bit too late. However, not, as all, not all is rosy at the moment because it is possible that Elon will put down the reins of Twitter. He put up a Twitter poll uh, two nights ago should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Over 17 million people voted and 57% uh, said yes, that he should step down. 42% uh, said no, that he should not. He then followed up. As the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. Now, what's interesting about this is, look, Elon is obviously not making a decision to stay or go as, as Twitter head uh, by a poll. However, he, well, let's do it this way first. What I really think he was doing there was doing a massive bot phishing experiment, right? Because when the poll first came out, the people that wanted him, the no's, the people that wanted him to stay were way ahead. Then over time, it went the other way. And I think what he's doing now is just collecting mass information. Like where are these yeses coming from? Are they coordinated? Are they coming in batches? Like he's, I, I really believe this. I think he's auditing the system in real time is what he's doing. Now, as far as whether he'll come and go, first off, he didn't say when he would come or go. He said, I'll abide by it, but okay, it doesn't mean he's gonna step down tomorrow and there, that doesn't seem like what he's gonna do. He may have a whole bunch of people lined up that he's ready to hire if he decides to leave. And by the way, on top of everything else, my, my own personal view on this would be that the guy who is sending us to Mars and the guy who's working on Neuralink and Starlink and all of these other things, maybe he should be focusing on those things, right? If you're, if you're CEO of SpaceX, which he is, it's like, that's a job. You don't, you don't have a lot of other time to be also running Twitter and running five other companies. So maybe he should go to that, go back to that. But I think what he did here was buy the freaking thing, expose a whole bunch of stuff. And now you need a, a, a strong principled person to come in and do some of the dirty work. So I don't think he's gonna remain CEO forever. I don't think the poll itself means that much, but maybe he did do this great bot phishing experiment and we shall see. Uh, anyway, all of this leads to what are the Democrats and the machine focusing on in the midst of this. We are, we are literally finding out that our intelligence services were paying a social media company to silence you, okay? We, that is what we now know. We know that they were hiding information related to Hunter Biden's laptop. We now know that they were hiding information related to COVID. This is what our intelligence services, they were activated against us, the citizens of the United States on our dime. We fund them, by the way. So what are the Democrats focused on? Are they focused on cleaning that up? Are they focused on protecting our right to free speech and our right to privacy and all of those things? Or are they focused on making sure that a certain orange man can never be president again? Well, I think you know the answer to that uh, because the January 6th hearings, which came to a close officially yesterday, announced their recommendations. These recommendations have no legal authority. Nothing is going to come of this. It's, much, it's gonna be like the Mar-a-Lago documents and everything else, but the show must go on. 
because when you're a fraudster, you've got to keep everybody thinking the show is really what the important thing is. Here is that Adam Schiff guy talking about the January 6th hearings and trying to still, at this point, scare the bejesus out of you. But the second responsibility is to bring about reforms needed to address the deficiencies that made us so vulnerable on the 6th. And we will be making recommendations for those legislative reforms, but the vast majority of them will not be law by the end of this session. Uh, and so, you know, to contemplate going into a new session where, you know, people who voted to overturn the election will be uh, essentially running the House of Representatives, uh, you can imagine how difficult it will be to take these additional steps that we need to protect the country. Uh, so I'm deeply concerned about it. You know, we, I think in these hearings, showed just how close we came to losing our democracy. Soulless lizard person, it's all I got. We did not come close to losing our democracy. And as a matter of fact, and you can find them on Twitter now because Donald Trump has been reinstated, his tweets leading up to it all said, do not be violent. In essence, they said, you can have your voice heard, but do not be violent. There was no coordinated coup of the United States where a bunch of people, as if this was the movie Air Force One with Harrison Ford, uh, had a plan to do something. There was no plan. A whole bunch of people showed up. They brought no weapons, okay? Donald Trump called Nancy Pelosi that morning requesting more Capitol Police and Nancy Pelosi denied the request, all right? We did not come close to losing our democracy, even if they had taken over the building. Had they taken over the building, I'm talking every uh, congressional office taken over the commissary, right? And it's just free chicken fingers and fish sandwiches for everybody, okay? Even if they had done all that, it wouldn't have lasted more than a day. And even if they had done that, they wouldn't have suddenly magically had power over the military or over any branch of government or anything. This is complete fear-mongering nonsense. But wait till you hear this one. This one for all of the jokes I have made about Corinne Jean-Pierre, who again, she was only hired because she's a black lesbian. She is deeply unqualified. I don't know that there is anyone. Actually, I would love to get an answer on this. Please, in the comments section, we'll check some on Locals. I'll read some at the end of the show today. Is there anyone in the history of the world who has been worse at their job than Corinne Jean-Pierre? Like, absolutely worse. Every single statement she makes as a representative of this administration is a lie or an obfuscation or a confusion. I cannot, I cannot imagine someone at any job ever being worse than what Corinne Jean-Pierre is at her job. Uh, here she is yesterday uh, uh, saying that uh, January 6th is the worst attack on democracy since the Civil War, huh? So I'll first say, and you've heard me say this many times, and the president as well, uh, we've been very clear from the beginning that what we saw on January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And uh, the president has been very clear. Our democracy continues and remains under threat, and we all have a, have a part to protect it. It's like nothing should surprise us anymore, right? You shouldn't be surprised by that most vile, disgusting statement. Um, does she not remember, I know she's, she's young, but does she not remember, uh, you know, not too long ago, 21 years ago, uh, when basically 3,000, I think it's 2,996 people, American citizens, were killed on 9-11? I lived in New York City uh, during 9-11. Um, does she not have any recollection of that? The thing is, she does. And that's how they want to escalate January 6th. Right, they want you to think it was worse than 9-11. We, we put this together, I thought this was kind of clever. 
I'll first say, and you've heard me say this many times, and the President as well, uh, we've been very clear from the beginning that what we saw on January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And uh, the President has been very clear. Our democracy continues and remains under threat, and we all have a, have a part to protect it. Horrible people. Horrible people. I have no more jokes to make about her. Just absolutely horrible people and, and, and not deserving of standing at that podium. And to me, and I know it's like, it's by design. So they will never, and they can't fire her, right? Because then if, she, if they were to fire her, she would say that the Biden administration is anti-black and anti-lesbian, even though we just brought that lesbian back from Russia. But that's what she would do because diversity, these diversity hires basically put you in a hostage situation. Uh, but that is inexcusable and embarrassing. And it's just so consistent with everything that these people do. But what should they be focused on? What should they be focused on? If they can't focus on the big tech censorship and how the intelligence services were silencing us and things like that. If that's a little too, a little too scary, right? It's a little, it's kind of dirty and scary at the very least. And it's confusing, you know, nobody wants to go against the FBI. Okay, fine. At the very least, could they protect the border? Could they possibly uh, protect the border? Because we do know that this past year, we have basically had more border crossings than at any point going forward. There was that orange man years ago who kept saying, let's build a wall and you don't have a country if you don't have a border. Everyone called him racist. Now we just have people rampaging over the border. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre was uh, asked about that situation. And there's estimates of 50,000 migrants in Mexico waiting to cross if Title 42 ends. Is that accurate? And would that overwhelm the Border Patrol? So look, I, I don't, uh, don't have a... Um a number uh, for you at this time. What I can say is that we know smugglers uh, will try to spread misinformation to take advantage of these vulnerable uh, migrants. But I want to be very clear here. Uh, the fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which are which is very dangerous. When Title 42 goes away, as we are uh, as we have to do because of a court order, which is on Wednesday, as all of you know, we will go back to Title 8, uh, which allows a process to make sure that people can make their asylum claims heard. Okay, rather extraordinary lady. The border is not open. The border is not open. And it's only smugglers that are getting these people across, these migrants. You know, she keeps using the phrase migrants because migrants somehow implies that they're just coming here for work and they're okay people. We, we don't know what these people are. We have no idea what their beliefs are. Uh, we also have enough problems in our country that I'm pretty sure we could close our border and take a week to figure out some stuff and then we could talk about it. But what are you saying, lady? It's just these smugglers that are bringing all these people across. Well, hot diggity dog, here's video from this weekend.
as you can see there by the last video, we've hired the predator to guard the border. That's what we're at, we're up against at this point. The predator using heat technology is defending the border. He had to be privately contracted because the government won't do it. But does any of that look like these are smugglers, that these people are being smuggled in? There's no way to figure out what's going on here. Literally lines of hundreds of thousands of people just kind of wandering on through, all good. You don't even have to walk like this. You can just kind of wander in. It's all good, right? There's no problem here. Absolutely crazy. Uh, the, the portion of that video where it was a bunch of people sleeping on the floor, uh, that is the El Paso airport. That was yesterday. Now, what's fascinating about this is it seemed like there were dozens, if not hundreds of people there. Remember when, what was it? How many people was it? 25 people? Was it 50 people? Let's say 100 people went to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Remember when they bust them up to Martha's Vineyard? Ron DeSantis bust them over to Martha's Vineyard. The media went bananas for five days. It's going to overtake the island. There are no services. Martha's Vineyard, one of the richest places in all of the United States. Barack Obama has a 30-acre uh, mansion on the water there. He could have put a couple tents up, but I guess maybe he was busy or just didn't pick up the phone. Um, everybody went crazy for three days. Do you think that El Paso has a ton of resources and a ton of money? And they've, But nobody, AOC doesn't give a flying F. Right? No Democrat cares about this. This was not on CNN or New York Times or Washington Post or anywhere else. So do you get it? And again, this is why they have to censor us because enough of us are seeing the truth. That, that's not even partisan. Nothing I even said there was partisan. It's not partisan to think we should have a border. It's not partisan to think we should be able to defend that border as we see fit and decide who comes into this country. And it's not partisan to think that we should treat our border towns the same way that we treat our very, very rich elite towns. None of that is partisan, it's just reality. Uh, but uh, don't worry, despite everything we just showed you, Corinne's on it, and uh, well, just don't look behind the curtain. But again. Plain English to migrants who might be thinking about it, what should they do after Wednesday? I, I just laid that really clear. It, it, it would be wrong to think that the border is open. It is not open. And I just want to be very, very clear about that. Lady, it's open, you're a liar, yes. We can get, this is what they do. They want you to be lost in the linguistics of it. What does it mean open? Open meaning that we would have no protection there whatsoever and people could just rampage through like this was the walking dead. She's just using linguistic nonsense. That's all she's doing. The border in effect is open. This is exactly what the Democrats want. And why do they want it? Because they want more Democrat voters. They want more people to come here and get on the dole because their policies will put people on the dole and they will in essence live like modern slaves. And by the way, you don't have to take my word for that because that's what's been happening in California, in communist California. They bring in all of these people. They basically give them services and give them phones and give them money. They end up ruining communities, not even by their own fault because there aren't enough proper jobs. Also, you should have to come here legally and everything else. And even, this is extraordinary guys, because this is a pretty rare one for me. Even that soulless lizard person, Gavin Newsom, even he now is realizing the results of their policies and realizing that when you bring in thousands of people and you just give them stuff, that A, it's not fair to the people who are legally here or who are waiting online to get here legally, but it puts a stress on the system that the system cannot deal with. Gavin Newsom is realizing it. I cannot believe this. I should be drinking right now. In an interview with a national network, ABC News, Governor Gavin Newsom said the federal government 
should be doing more to address the migrant crisis. He said the federal government keeps sending planes and buses to California full of migrants because of all the good work he says the state is doing for the immigrant community, like providing health care. But he says the state is simply overwhelmed. He said with Title 42 being lifted in just one week, the state will not be able to handle the influx. He said nine shelters along the border are already at capacity. The fact is, what we've got right now is not working and is about to break in a post-42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. And I'm saying that as a Democrat. I'm not saying that to point fingers. I'm saying that as a father. I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution, and I'm trying to do my best here. Okay, I want to be clear about my sympathy for Gavin Newsom. I actually have no sympathy for Gavin Newsom. This is exactly what he wants. He's now using this to try to hurt Biden, right? Because he wants to run for president and force, Bi and force Biden out. So that's, that's all obvious. And I'm saying it as a father. It's like, you're for all this shit, man. You, you're for all this. Uh, why are you giving illegal immigrants health care? If someone is here illegally, by definition, they are breaking the law. You got to go. You got to go. I don't mean to be a dick about it, but you got to go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? That's the situation that we are in with these people. But Gavin has done this to his state, and I would say good luck with all of that in California because the implosion is on the way, and you guys voted for it, and you reelected him, and everything else. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the border is the responsibility of the federal government, so you would think that Joe Biden would head down there, right? I mean, I, I would imagine that Joe Biden might get on down there. He, he takes his bike rides in Delaware every now and again. Maybe he could... I'm sure there's a bike path around the border somewhere, so you'd think he'd go down there, but uh, Corinne doesn't seem to think he's gonna make his way. So does the president have any plans to go to the border? Is now a good time to go? Like you said, I've addressed this before. Look, the president's focus right now is to come up with solutions. It's focused on making sure that we have the resources to manage what, the challenges that we're seeing. Meaningless drivel. We need resources. We're gonna manage it. Why won't Biden go there? because they don't want to draw any more attention to the disaster that's there. Because if Biden goes to the border, then mainstream media has to cover it, right? They would be forced to cover it because they cover it every time he eats ice cream and he does eat a lot of ice cream. They cover when he sniffs hair a little bit less, but they would be forced to cover it. That would be a problem for them. So she just says meaningless dribble and ignores it. Uh, but as all of this is happening, you know, they're saying, who are they? I'm not sure. But they're saying that, that Biden's feeling pretty good about things because the red wave did not materialize, although the Republicans got the House back. And I think it'll basically stall Biden for two years. Uh, there's a general feeling that Biden's feeling pretty good about this thing. And the, these clown people in the machine, these Chuck Schumers, these Nancy Pelosi's, et cetera, et cetera, uh, they're, they're sticking with Joe, uh, even though he obviously has dementia and is not well and everything else. Uh, CNN did an interview with, uh, they say it's their first ever joint interview, uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi eating sandwiches and talking about Joe Biden. Watch Nancy eating, I don't like any of this. You're stepping aside. Do you think President Biden should step aside for a younger generation? I think President Biden has done an excellent job as President of the United States. I hope that he does seek re-election. He's been a great and president. look at what he's accomplished. You a think lot of he people, should run again? Yeah, he's done an excellent, excellent job. And he runs, I'm going to support him all the way. God, if Nancy's dentures had fallen out during that, like, I, I think I would have ended the show. I would have just, we would have played that clip and I would have been like, goodbye, everybody. I did everything I could do here. Uh, first off, that's Martha Raddatz, I think, was the uh, interviewer there. Was that, was that Martha Raddatz, too, on that one? Or, yeah, I think so. Uh, she, uh, she says to Nancy Pelosi, you're stepping aside. 
No, Nancy's not stepping aside. Nancy's being kicked out. They lost the house, so Nancy's gotta go. Stepping aside would be like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about things here, guys, and I'm in charge and everything else, but you know, I'm getting old, and my husband, I think, is gay, having sex with weirdo sex drug people who are breaking into our house, and my dentures are falling out, my eyebrows are getting too high, I'm stepping aside. That's not what she's doing, she's being booted out. Anyway, it's all by design, because then when she asked them, well, are you gonna support him again? Oh my God, no one's done better than Joe Biden, economy. Ukraine, other stuff, you get it. But they're never gonna stop. They're never gonna stop because they have the entire machine uh, on their side. So now watch this video. This is, this is really incredible. Like if you want like the most perfect example of, of virtually everything that I talk about on this show, how the mainstream media launders the lies and how they work with the Democrat party so that when you see something right in front of you that you know it's true, that right now who is responsible for the border? Like, let, let's just pause here for a sec. Who's responsible for the border? It's the president of the United States, right? That is one of the few things that the federal government is supposed to do. So we just showed you those videos. All of these people are coming across. I don't think anyone is doubting the numbers, right? With these insane border crossings, I think over 2 million this year. So that is the fault of the Democrat party and the president. These are just facts. You may not like them, but they are facts. And by the way, if it was a Republican president and this was happening, then it would be the fault of the Republican president. But listen to the way ABC's Martha Raddatz raises this question related to whose fault it is that all these people are coming. And then you'll really get insight into how they trick people from not being able, to, they basically say, look, that's right in front of you. No, 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 that's not what you see. It's something else. This is, this is it's an incredible shell game. Watch this. You talk about the border wall, you talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border, come on over. But people I have heard say it for you are former President Trump or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. It was, it was known from the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not is known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. And how do you play into that? What can you do better? Uh, so we have every level of government doing everything we can to prevent people from coming into the country illegally or repelling them or arresting them and putting them behind bars. Do you see what she just did there? Do you see what she just did? That was obviously uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. So she's saying to Greg Abbott, who has all these Texas border towns, right? She's saying, because you guys say that Biden has an open border, that's why people are coming. Not because Biden's actions have proven it. So she's trying to blame the people who are calling out the problem for the problem itself. She's saying, well, Joe Biden never said it. Yes, of course, Joe Biden never said, guys, we have an open border, come on down, right? Like this is Price is Right, come on down. Spin the wheel, get the cash. That's in essence what we're doing, but she didn't, uh, Biden actually never flat out said it, but she completely flips the reality. That's what I mean about the shell game, that it's not Biden who says open borders, it's 
you guys who are not in charge of the border. It's you, Greg Abbott. It's you, Ron DeSantis. It's you, Donald Trump. And that's what the migrants, the migrants, the illegal aliens, that's what they hear and that's why they're coming. It's such an extraordinary, subtle, uh, pernicious distortion of the truth. Ugh, gross, disgusting. But this is what they do to all Republicans and you must know this. So this will happen to any Republican who gains any bit of traction. I saw this image on Twitter. This is absolutely spectacular. So look at some of these headlines over the last couple of years when other people were getting involved, when there, were mo- when there was momentum towards other people uh, besides Donald Trump. Why Ted Cruz is scarier than Donald Trump. Why Ted Cruz, not Donald Trump, is the scariest pre- presidential candidate. Why I'm more worried about Marco Rubio than Donald Trump. If you think Donald Trump's scary, get a load of Ted Cruz's foreign policy. Marco Rubio should scare you. Why his nutty views are no less dangerous than Donald Trump's. Uh, Why I fear Rubio more than Trump. So do you see this, guys? And this is what I've been talking about with Ron DeSantis. This thing is a coming. And just be aware of it. They are not going to stop. It doesn't matter whether we call them out for it or not. They're going to keep doing it and they're going to keep brainwashing, I would say a smaller and smaller set of people, but a set of people who do vote and that's why we get results that we regret uh, or well, that we regret that we are not thrilled with, let's say, Um, but they are going to keep doing it and DeSantis is going to be the main target on their back. And remember, he is going to be Hitler with a calculator. That's what it's going to be. He has all of the Trump policies, but he's functional and competent. We can't have that, he'll be double Hitler. So if you disagree with them, they will try to destroy you. They have made that clear over and over again. And they have the intelligence services now working with them to do that. So over the last couple of years, if you were quite literally the most qualified doctor in the world to talk about the mRNA vaccines, Dr. Robert Malone, who has more patents on mRNA technology than anyone, right? Uh, They will ban you from Twitter. And did the government have anything to do with that? We will find out. Uh, And yes, they will weaponize our three-letter departments against you. And Chuck Schumer, this is from about a year ago, he wants to make sure you know that. Tell you, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. That is a mafia move. That is disgusting. Now, he may be right. He may be right. He probably is right that the FBI and the CIA can do whatever the hell they want to you. And that's what Elon Musk is fighting right now. That's what's being exposed and everything else. But the way he said it, can we show that again? Just watch his eyes when he said it. Now, what he's also saying there is, I don't like Donald Trump, so I'm okay when the CIA and the FBI do all sorts of, they can do anything they want. Just watch his eyes when he says that. Tell you, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. So interesting. So Donald Trump, hard-nosed businessman, he didn't say Donald Trump's doing anything wrong. He just said they could get you. And he's probably right, they can get you. And perhaps they've been getting a whole bunch of us for a whole long time. And perhaps a lot of that's being exposed right now. And perhaps there's a moment because of literally the richest man on earth that we might be able to just push back on it a little bit and not be governed and controlled by conspiracies, but rather by truth 
Here's a spectacular video I saw making the rounds. Uh, and of, the, the voiceover, of course, is JFK, and they just did a great job here. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. I don't think I can add much to that. Is that the situation we're in right now? And are we learning something about that? And you know, as I always say to the mainstream media, it's like, you guys don't have to be great, but don't be horrible. And I guess that would be the theme that I would have to the, to the CIA and the FBI and the Democrats and the deep state and everything else. It's like, you don't have to be great, but don't completely trample on everything that we know to be true and good. And then most of us would probably continue living in some sort of semi-dream state. Uh, but what this all really is about, as almost everything is about in the world, is good ideas versus bad ideas, right? And what I try to do on this show is to communicate some of the good ideas to you. I, I expose some of the bad ideas and I talk about what the better ideas are. Uh, well, over the last couple of days, there's been a conference in, uh, it's in Sarasota or in Tampa? Is it in, oh, it's in Phoenix this year. Uh, yeah, it's usually in Sarasota. Um, in Phoenix, there has been the Turning Point USA America First Conference. Uh, and Tucker Carlson spoke yesterday and he actually addressed just that. What do we do about this battle between good ideas and bad ideas? Because they don't just stay in the idea realm. Once a, once a good idea is out there, good things can happen, right? Freedom can prosper. But once bad ideas are out there, a lot of destruction can take place. And Tucker addressed that. I think there's a, a beginning a simpler way to get a sense, and you can put a finer point on it later, but here's how I assess whether an idea is good or bad. By its fruits, and what are those? Well, first of all, any idea that causes a lot of people to suffer for no reason is demonstrably bad, that's obvious. But I will also say that bad ideas produce chaos. They produce disorder. They produce noise. They produce ugliness, physical ugliness, aesthetic ugliness. Bad ideas produce ugly things. That's why our great basilicas are beautiful, right? That's why the dollar store is ugly. Bad ideas create chaos and disorder. So I would argue it's a bad idea to have an open border, even if you, Joe Biden, don't say it. If the message that the world gets from your administration, not from Donald Trump or not from Abbott and not from DeSantis. If the message is, hey, come on over, and then people see those videos and people just wander it, and that is a bad idea that will lead to chaos here. And even Gavin Newsom is admitting it, right? Even Muriel Bowser, the mayor of DC, who wanted all of this, is admitting that her homeless shelters are now overrun with migrants. So it 
is by design. This is what they do and our work cut is cut out for us to push against them and fight against them. And I have to say to, to really bring this thing around to the front of the show and, and we are gonna air, as I said, the, my whole talk, we will post that I think later today from yesterday at the Freedom Blueprint Conference. Uh, I happen to live in the state that I think is the, is the, uh, it is the cornerstone. In the video I said pinnacle, but it is the cornerstone of freedom right now. And America is still the cornerstone of freedom for all of this badness. And it sounds extremely dark and dire and God knows what else we'll find out. We still got a chance here. We're still the jealousy of the world here, uh, but we better be sure that we're gonna defend it. I'm pretty confident that this state is gonna do everything to defend it. I'm confident that a few of the other states are gonna do it, but the rest will go all in on this. And, and you can't blame, and this is what, we, we really gotta figure this thing out. What do you do about the average person that cannot see this because they are by design not allowed to see it? The average person who doesn't spend time on Twitter or watching videos online, who does not see because CNN will not show it what's happening at the border. They do not see the Twitter files because CNN and all these other things will not cover it. You don't have to be great. You guys just don't have to be horrible. Imagine if they just showed a little bit of it. Then people would be a little bit closer to the truth and we wouldn't all be at each other's throats. We're at each other's throats because we literally live in different realities because the system has been designed for that. But it gives me something to do every time I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? I don't wake up in the morning like I don't have anything to do today. I got something to do. So that's nice at least. Uh, anyway, some comments from rubenreport.locals.com. I asked earlier in the show, uh, could we find anyone in the history of the world who has been worse at their job than Corinne Jean-Pierre? looks like we got some responses here. Uh, Talway says her bosses, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Solid, solid, Talway. I will put them on the same level. Even, you know, Joe Biden, I don't blame for being so horrible because he's mentally compromised. And well, actually Kamala's mentally compromised too, but it's not degenerative. It's just like what she is as a person. There's just not a lot going on up there. You know, it's Homer Simpson, like monkey jumping, banging on a tambourine, spinning like this. So that's, so that's what she's got. But all right, both horrible people. Elizabeth says the only person worse would be Jar Jar Binks. What was Jar Jar Binks' job? Remember he got kicked out of Gungan City. That's why he was swimming around and that's why he smashed into uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. But what was his job? Do we know what his job was? I feel like he was probably in sanitation or something, but I'll roughly, I'll say that one's all right. Kelly says, uh, Dave, now that we are starting to see how corrupt our government is, what can we Americans do? Voting these charlatans out of office is not an option. Well, I think it's, I think there is only one answer, which is that you must do what is best for you and your family and then extend it outward your local community. Rhonda, as I said in, in my speech yesterday, Ron DeSantis can't fix all the problems, right? Even in a state like Florida, like he's the chief executive, he's done a freaking bang up awesome job here, but he can't do everything. He needs the people that are running at the school boards to be making sure that the curriculum is right and not teaching these kids about neo-racism and not teaching them that boys are girls and everything else so that the young people who grow up in Florida will have the right set of ideas so that they will then elect other people. Like it's a completely symbiotic relationship, right? So we need good leaders to kind of, you know, go right through, right? But what, what leaders need, so think about it, they're the running back, right? The running back has to go right through and score the touchdown. That, that's sort of what DeSantis is doing and what a good politician should do. And by the way, much what Trump did for a couple of years, despite unprecedented attacks. We act as the linebackers, right? We act as the people that are, that are doing the best to make sure that guy can get through. But we, we both need each other, right? The linebacker needs 
the, the running back, otherwise he's just creating a hole for nothing, and the running back needs the linebacker to make sure he can get through. So, can you work with me on a sports metaphor there? How is that? Um, that's really what we need. And so I think all you can do, yes, you can vote for the right people, but, well, how about this? I'll try one. Since I have a lot of family uh, just arriving in Florida uh, in the last couple of days, and then uh, extended family and more people coming over the next uh, week or so, and Christmas week we'll be off and doing a lot of family time. I think the best thing that you can do probably is if you've got people in your family, let's say, that aren't on board all this stuff, and it's not that they have to agree with you on everything. I am more than happy, as I often say to my mom, I am completely fine if we disagree about abortion or whatever it might be, marginal tax, tax rates or the death, the death penalty or whatever it is. Like that stuff doesn't matter, but, but it's gotten extremely difficult to talk to people who we love who are close to us about politics because people have become so outraged. And again, you can't always blame them for being outraged because they have been sold a bill of goods that is not real, right? They have been sold something and then they open up the box and what they get in there is just a bunch of parts, but they don't even know what it was supposed to be because they don't even know what freedom is. They don't know what truth is. They don't know what the founding documents are. They don't even have any sense of any of this stuff. So we have to do the work. I hate that phrase every time the Democrat, we got to do the work. We actually got to do the work, right? Because when they say do the work, they mean the government's just got to do a bunch of stuff to tell people how to be. I mean, we got to do the work to explain better ideas. That really is it. It's what Tucker said, because it, once those bad ideas get out there, look what they can do. I think most of us, and I referenced this in my talk yesterday, most, if we could just turn the dial back and be like, let's go back to 95, 1995. I think most of us would do it. Most of us would do it, right? Because... It was better probably, like I get it, like it's very cool that we have this thing and I can get sushi in 15 minutes by pressing a button. That's pretty, what are we having for lunch today? Oh, we're doing Greek. We're doing, I'm having some kind of Greek wrap. Uh, but we can get that by clicking a button and that's all good. And I'm not saying everything's horrible, right? It really isn't. And my life is pretty good. Uh, but the chaos that we're in, the, the craziness that we're in, the, the obsession with race and gender and all of these things, we had kind of put it all to bed in 95. So maybe if we just try to get that spirit back, we could fix some of this stuff. And that's all I think about that. Or as, what did Forrest Gump say? And that's what I think about that. That sounded like Bill Clinton. Man, Mike, they're all over the place lately. Rumble.com slash Rubin Report if you have not subscribed and if you want to play along uh, and comment during the show and a whole bunch more. I, I posted a video this morning walking Clyde in the locals community asking people how they stay fit this time of year because it's tough between the parties and the food and family and it's harder to exercise and things get crazy and then you roll into the new year and you're like, what happened to me? Uh, so we were talking about that this morning, rubenreport.locals.com. Oh, and then I have two interviews up right now, Senator James Lankford and Senator Marsha Blackburn that we put up over the weekend. 20 minute interviews, just kind of getting a snapshot of political ideology and, and sort of what's going on in the country and much more. And we leave you with the elderly man pretending to be president. I will see you tomorrow. Can tell her anything. She's got a backbone like a ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.